I want to talk to you this morning. We started the series last uh, week and uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I want to talk to you this morning about how to celebrate the king. So I'm going to start off with this. Um, uh, I'm going to ask you if you would to participate in something with me, okay, on two different things, all right? And we're going to do it by show of hands, all right? Can you do that? Yeah. By show of hands, can you do that? Okay, just checking if your hands work. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to just ask you which of these do, do, do you like to do? The first one is just tell me each one. Do you enjoy this? Do you not enjoy this? Okay, first of all, who likes Christmas cookies? Let me see your hands. All right, some of you got more excited than you've been all morning. How many of you like making gingerbread houses? Let me see your hands. Oh, got a competition, all right. How many of you like to go see Christmas lights? Yeah. How many of you like to put up Christmas lights? So we love to see other people's Christmas lights for the most part, right? Okay. How many of you like to open Christmas presents? Let me see your hands. Yeah, that was kind of a given, right? Okay, on this next one, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask, I'm going to say four different Christmas carols, okay? I'm going to tell you the names uh, so you, you can grab hold of four at a time, right? And then I'm going to ask you to vote in just a moment on which one is your favorite, okay? Here we go. Angels we have heard on high, it came upon a midnight clear, O little town of Bethlehem, joy to the world. You got them? Okay. How many of you prefer angels we have heard on high? Let me see your hands. All right, great, great. All right, it came upon a midnight clear. Let me see your hands. Okay, very good. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, let me see your hands. Very good, okay. Joy to the world, let me see your hands. Okay. It is literally like the, the happiest one of all of them. It's amazing to me when, when you think about Christmas songs, there are contemplative ones, there are some that have some introspection to them, and then there are some that are just happy and joyful. That is one that joy to the world is. You know, as much as we love Christmas carols, as much as we love Christmas tradition, as much as we love the things that we do at Christmas, for some people, Christmas also has some stress involved with it, Right? I mean, there's some people who have gone through some difficulties this past year, and Christmas is going to be different for them. There are some people who haven't had any of that, and just the regular routine of Christmas is causing a little bit of stress and anxiety because you have parties to plan, right? Parties to attend, gifts to buy, elaborate meals to cook, goodies to bake, trips to take, or you're hosting family or friends in your own home, right? Right? Those things have their own amount of stress. I am older now, and I now understand what my dad used to say when he talked about friends and family coming to visit you, how enjoyable it was, but then how relieved you were when it was over with. This was his phrase. He said that when it comes to people visiting you, the only thing better than headlights is taillights. <laughs> and and you, you have this idea that you're so excited about things, and yet... It brings some of these feelings. It brings some of this stress. It brings some anxiety into your life. It brings some, um, some things into your life that you just don't normally have to handle. And yet all of it feels very, very routine and ordinary. This is what you do. From the passage that was quoted earlier from Luke chapter 2 that Lucy quoted to us, and by the way, didn't Lucy Duncan do a great job <laughs> quoting Luke 2? From that passage, what we find is there are shepherds doing what they do every single day. 
They're out in fields near Bethlehem. Most likely, they are tending to sheep, not just any sheep, but sheep that are getting prepared to be sacrifices for the temple in Jerusalem. They're doing what they always do, and they don't expect that on this particular night, something extraordinary is about to happen for them. Angels will appear to them and will announce that what they've long been waiting for is finally here. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, to reemphasize a couple of things, it says, but the angel reassured the shepherds, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And then in verses 13 and 14, they literally break forth in song. It says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. What an unbelievable scene. Angels and heavenly hosts appear to the most unlikely of people with the most unlikely song, with the most unlikely announcement that what they've long been waiting for, the king, the Messiah, was here. And the remarkable thing about this moment is that it was predicted a thousand years prior to this. It was predicted. In the book of Psalms, there is a particular psalm or song that predicts this very moment. It's Psalm 98. It's a prophecy regarding the Messiah, the King that was to come. Do you know that joy to the world, the one you like a lot, it's a Christmas carol, right? But it actually wasn't written to be a Christmas carol. It actually wasn't written in response to Luke chapter 2. It was actually written as a song of praise based on Psalm 98. Literally, it's a song that's looking forward to what is going to happen. Going back to the eyes and the, and the mind of the psalmist to say, I am longing for the day when the king is going to come. That's what joy to the world is about. Now, we know that has been adopted. We know that has been fulfilled by Jesus. And so now we sing it as a Christmas carol. But as we sing that song, it is declaring all of the things that God is going to do when Jesus comes. So I want you to see two things this morning. If you've got your Bibles, you can take them. Turn with me to Psalm 98. It's going to be on the screen. But there's two quick things I want you to grab hold of before we partake of communion together this morning. The first thing is this, is the psalmist tells us we are to celebrate all God has done. Psalm 98 verses 1 through 3 says, Sing a new song to the Lord for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. So he says, celebrate all God has done. What that means is this. We celebrate together, as Pastor Ryan said earlier. We're all gathered together. We're one family because of what Jesus has done. We're part of the same family. So we get to celebrate together the things that God has done for us collectively. I mean, he has forgiven our sins. 
He has brought us out of our past. How many of you are just glad this morning that you don't have to live in your past anymore with all the sin and the shame and the sorrow of your past? That's what he's done for all of us. But then it's not just collectively, it is individually and also individual families, what God has done for each of us. It's amazing to us. He's given us hope for the future. Now, get this. But the psalm starts off with a particular phrase. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Now, here's the question I kept asking myself as I'm studying this. There, there are 150 songs or psalms that they thought worthy to be collected together as a songbook in the Old Testament. 150 of them. These are not counting all the songs that didn't make it into the Bible. This is just 150 of those. And in the 98th one, someone says, there's not enough songs out there. Sing to the Lord a new song. Why is that? Because the Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning. So the things that I'm thankful for, I can sing the same songs that you do. I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful that my past is gone. I'm thankful that God has given me hope in the future just like you. But God has also done individual things in your life and in my life, and he's given me the ability to sing a new song or tell a new story for every time that he's come through for me in my life. And he's done the same thing for you. And the psalmist says, don't hold those things in. Don't bottle those things up. Sing to the Lord a new song. There have been hundreds of thousands and millions of songs that have been written about the Lord, but none of them describe exactly what God has done for you. As a matter of fact, we sang a new song this morning. The one we just sang was a new song by, that Pastor Lance and Pastor Savannah wrote. Sing to the Lord a new song. Let me give it to you this way. This is the remarkable thing is that when um, my wife, Laura, and I, when we were first married, um, we moved to Tallahassee, Florida, and we were in our mid-20s. So we were very, very young. And, um, and, and so God took us to this church, and we found some of our best friends in the world, Ralph and Betty Wilder. And Ralph and Betty were 40 years older than we were. But they were our best. I mean, they, were, they treated us like their kids, but treated us with like adults too. I mean, they, they took care of us, but treated us with respect. And here's what we learned from them. See, we hadn't been married long. We hadn't been alive that long. I mean, I know somebody thinks a quarter of a century is a long time, but <laughs> give it some time. But, but here, here's what we learned is that even though we hadn't experienced a lot, we had read God's word and through our friendship with Ralph and Betty and other people, they begin to tell us, oh, you know what the Bible says about this? Let me tell you why that's true. Let me tell you how God has been faithful to us in our lives. This is how God has come through in this circumstance in our life. This is how God has come through in this circumstance. This is how God has been faithful to us here. And what it did was God gave them a new song that was an old song that they shared with us. And so until he gave me a new song, I sang that old song of their faithfulness, of their belief, of their testimony, of their witness. You see, when they said God would provide, I actually believed it. 
believed them. When they said God would be with you in your most difficult times, I actually believed them. And then life brought experiences to us, and then we were able to sing our own new song. You see, I could live for a little while off of Ralph and Betty's testimony, but it was only when God called us into the ministry, and we had no money whatsoever, like literally we were out of money, didn't know how we were going to do anything, and someone showed up at our door and said, literally, I have no idea. I was just praying this morning. You probably don't need any of this stuff, but here's some diapers and here's some formula. I didn't know where it was going to come from. I remember when we were having trouble getting the bills paid, wondering how we were going to take care of a car repair. And I remember sitting on the side of the road thinking, I've got no money in my account right now, and this car's broken down. I don't even have money for a tow truck right now. I remember laying my head on a steering wheel and saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I do believe you're going to do this. And then I, I wish I could tell you that that was that faith. Then I just got mad. Anybody ever done that? And so I just hit the steering wheel. And I turned the ignition, and the car cranked and ran for eight more years. Listen to me. Singing to the Lord a new song means you trust God to walk you through the next circumstance of your life. And then he will carry you to the next one and he'll give you a new song and you'll share that with somebody else and somebody else will live off that song and he'll give you another new song. Listen to me. In a year from now, it's not the same song you're gonna be singing right now because God's faithful. 10 years from now, you're not gonna be the same person. 20 years from now, you're not gonna be the same person. And one day when you get old and your old age, you will be, to say, be able to say like King David said, I have been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children bear begging for bread. The psalmist said, when the king comes, it is imperative that you celebrate all God has done in your life. You may be struggling right now. Let me just, let me give you a biblical truth, okay? If you're struggling deep right now, the level of your pain will reveal the depth of God's love for you. You will never experience a pain that God's love is not greater than. And if you're struggling right now, you can take heart in someone else's story, but I'm telling you, when God brings you through, he's gonna give you a new song and a new story, and you are to sing it and declare it boldly to everyone you hear. Celebrate all God's done. The second thing he says is this, is to celebrate with all creation. Celebrate with all creation. Verses four through nine says this, shout to the Lord all the earth, break out in praise, sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of a ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let me pause before we go any further than that. The, the reason why is um, some of these things don't line up together. They, they don't, they don't, ma they don't mesh together well. You know, I mean, mesh together well. They, they don't fit at all. 
So you sing, then there's the, the harp, the melodious song. It says, sound trumpets and then sound ram's horn. Anybody ever heard of ram's horn? Have you ever heard somebody talk about a, a shofar? You ever heard one of those? Okay. Um, a trumpet and a shofar do not sound the same. They don't even belong in the same room together. And yet God says, through his psalmist, everything you've got, every voice you have, every experience you have, every talent you have, I don't care if you think they, me they mesh together or not. I don't care if you think they match. Give it all to him because it's a joyful symphony to the Lord. So to the person in the room this morning when we were singing songs and you could hear the person behind you and they sounded wonderful and you thought, I wish I could sing like that. You sound like a joyful symphony to the Lord. And we are to celebrate with all creation. He goes on in verse seven and says, let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth and he will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. What Psalm 98 is saying is, there is coming a day when this king, this Messiah that we know is Jesus, when he comes, heaven and earth will finally join together and celebrate together the king. How does that happen? When Jesus is born, stars and planets lead the wise men to Jesus. There is a solar and a lunar eclipse at the birth of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, writes a new song, sings it to her cousin Elizabeth. Angels appear to shepherds and celebrate the birth of Jesus by singing a new song. Shepherds celebrate by telling everyone they meet about Jesus. Remember in verses 13 and 14, the angel was joined by a vast host of armies, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth with those whom God is pleased. That's a praise. That's a song that no one had ever heard before. Heaven joining with earth. To praise Jesus. Chapter 20, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them, heaven and earth coming together to praise the King, Jesus. But this is only the beginning of the collaborative, united effort of heaven and earth praising the King, as a matter of fact, heaven and earth joined together once again at the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. On the day Jesus is crucified, the sun hides its face. Thunder, lightning, earthquakes are everywhere at the crucifixion of Jesus. And yet three days later, there is thunder, there is lightning, there are earthquakes that happen on the morning of the resurrection of Jesus. There is an angel that appears to the people who go and discover that the tomb is empty, and they tell them, you're looking for the one that is called Jesus. He is not here. He is risen. And they celebrate. Do you understand this? Heaven and earth joining together at the birth of Jesus, at the resurrection of Jesus. Heaven and earth will also come together at the second coming of Jesus. 
The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians, there's going to be a trumpet call of God. There's going to be a voice of the archangel. Believers, both dead and alive, are transported to heaven to be with the Lord forever and ever. This is what the scripture says that um, in, in verses 16 through 18, that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord forever forever so comfort each other with these words heaven and earth joining together in praise the apostle john tells us as he gets a glimpse of the end of time in revelation chapter 5 he gives us a glimpse of all of the redeemed beginning to sing of angels beginning to sing of heavenly creatures beginning to sing. And they sing one song. Verses 11 through 14, John says, Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne, and the living being and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one who sits on the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, amen. The 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb. What Psalm 98 is prophesying What Luke 2 fulfills and begins is the invitation to you and to me to join with heaven and with earth and celebrate that there is but one true king, one true Lord, and his name is Jesus. And he cared so much about us that he willingly left the throne in heaven for a time came to be born in the most humble of circumstances as a baby, live a life like you, who could understand completely what you go through, be sinless because you could not be, pay the price for your sins because you could not pay them, rise from the dead so you could have eternal life and is now preparing a home for us so we could be with him forever. You're invited to celebrate who this King, Jesus, really is. Lucy mentioned it. One of her favorite things was buying Christmas gifts, wrapping them and getting them ready. You buy a lot of gifts for a lot of people, don't you? I mean, there there are school friends you either have to purchase for or you gotta purchase for your kids' friends. There are work friends, or you may go to circumstances where, you know, a work situation where you you normally wouldn't buy, but you got a secret Santa, you know, so you're forced to, what if you know? (laughs) You've got friends, you've got relatives, you've got distant relatives, but then you've got close relatives. Do you know who it is you spend the most time on their gift? It's the one who is special, most special to you. 
This is what the Bible says about how God thinks of you and how special you are to him. John chapter three, verse 16 says, for God so loved the world. That's you and me, that's us. That he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That God thinks you're so special that he willingly emptied heaven of the most priceless thing it had, his son. That Jesus thinks you're so special that he willingly went to the cross for you. As we partake of communion in a moment, what we remember is the way for representing the body of Christ broken for us. The juice representing the blood of Christ that was spilled on behalf of us to pay the price for our sins. Because God thought you were worth it. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here this morning and you know things aren't right between you and the Lord, today's the day to accept the invitation into this celebration. If that's you, you just simply need to pray something in your heart like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you truly are the King, you truly are the Lord. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you that you have given your life for our lives. And I thank you that you have given me new life through your sacrifice. Forgive me of my sins. And I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Lead me through your word and through your spirit from this day forward. Now, if everyone would just pray this prayer of profession with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. One more time. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Now, with your heads bowed, your eyes still closed. If that's you, you know when you came in here, things weren't right between you and the Lord. But you're making a decision to follow him today for the first time or the first time in a long time. I'm not here to embarrass you. I want to pray for you this week. If that's you, though, would you just raise your hand really high and keep it up just for a moment so I can pray for you this week? Just want to pray for you. That's it. That's right. Just up. Leave it up just a moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you can put them down. Father, we thank you for lives that have been changed, for hope that has been given to us, and for the promise that we have received today. I thank you that this greatest gift that they could ever receive, Jesus Christ, has been received this Christmas, and that it will be the most joyous Christmas of their entire lives. I pray for that. I believe that. In these next few moments, when we remember your sacrifice, Lord, I pray that you would help us to acknowledge what you've done, who you are, and all that you are to us through Holy Communion. In your wonderful name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Hopefully you received some elements when you came in this morning. If you did not, if you don't have elements, um, if uh, the communion elements, would you just raise your hand? We've got some folks that will get those to you. Leave them really high just for a moment. I want to make sure everybody has one. If you already have the elements, go ahead and prepare those by um, taking out the wafer, and that would be by unsealing the, um, the clear seal on the top. And then the next seal 
you'll take off and that will reveal the juice. And if you'll just hold the elements till everyone is served and prepared, we'll do this together in just a moment. Yep, just keep them up really high, hands up really high just for a moment. Just make sure everyone has elements. Right before we take communion, I think some of you need to hear this. I want you to just turn someone next to you, anyone next to you, and I want you to just look them in the eye and say, God thinks you are special. Can you do that? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26, He says, on the same night the Lord was betrayed, he took bread, and after he blessed it, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Would you remember the body of Christ? And in the same manner, he took the cup and said, this cup is my blood in the new covenant. Take and drink as often as you do in remembrance of me. Would you remember the blood of Christ? For as often as you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm going to ask all of you just to stand with me this morning, please. I want you to do something for me. I want you to take about the next five, ten seconds and I want you to do something for me. If you are here with your family. I want you to find that person next to you and your family. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to repeat what you just said a moment ago. I want you to tell them God thinks you're special. But then I need you to tell them this. I think you're special too and tell them why. Some of you need to speak those words of affirmation and life into your family right now. Take about 10 seconds, do it right now. God thinks you're special and so do I. Tell them why. Now, some of you just need to take that and go home and actually believe that for yourself. You do. If someone speaks life into you, breathe life when they do it. Amen? Amen. You know, the Bible tells us, sing unto the Lord a new song. It says, celebrate big. And look, as we get older as adults, we lose the capacity to really celebrate big. So we've got a lot of students and a lot of kids in the room with us right now. So... Students, kids, I'm going to lead you, need you to lead the way in this, okay? Can you do that for me? All right. For the next 10 seconds, I want you to put your hands together and give the loudest shout of praise you can to King Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on.
Come on, keep it going, keep it going. Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Merry Christmas, everybody. Before we go today, a couple of announcements for you. Hey, be sure to connect. Be sure to give. You can do that through the materials in your seat back if you're online. You'll see that in the chat box. Don't forget our Christmas Eve candlelight services are just right around the corner. A couple of service times will be on the screens for you at 4 and 530 on Christmas Eve. And Sunday morning is online only. Say online only. So you have permission to go to church in your pajamas on Christmas Sunday morning, okay? Okay. Uh, what am I forgetting? Uh, cookies. cookies. Cookies in the atrium. Out there, we got treats for you guys today. So go eat them all. We went, to, we went and bought too much, you know what I mean? So take them home with you and, and load up on some treats this year. And I guess, Lucy, uh, it's time to close the service. Are you looking at yourself on screen? I'm looking at you. Oh, I look good. I look good, Donna. I? I look good. <laughs> Well, this is the time where the pastor usually does the blessing, but today, Lucy, Pastor Kurt would like for you to give the blessing over the church today. So we talked about this. We usually stretch our hands out towards the people, and now why don't you pray the blessing over us today, Lucy? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And North, let's give our response all together. Let, Let the, the words, words of my mouth and, and the, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Well, Lucy, I guess there's only one thing left to say. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas!